Welcome to the Online Success Journey Podcast, your opportunity to discover and learn from entrepreneurs like yourself. This is not your typical podcast, but a place where you can get the real story and find out how real people encounter speed bumps and detours, but journey through to find success. Now here's your host for the Online Success Journey Podcast, Patience. Hello everyone and welcome to Online Success Journey. This is episode 263. Today we have Thornton Klein, author, speaker, mentor, and nominated multiple times for Grammy and Dove Awards. Honored with the songwriter of the year twice in a row and has received a platinum award for certified sales of over 1 million units in Europe. Hello, Thornton. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank you for coming. I know the clan is anxious to hear your story. So let's get started with the basics. Can you tell my clan about your background and what you did before you got involved in uh, writing books? I will, and I'd be glad to. And I've got an important, important announcement to make, too, today, just on your show. Oh. So oh. Just a little bit here, sort of breaking news here, so I'll, I'll share that, too, in just a minute. But first, uh, well, my mother started me with uh, piano lessons when I was five years old, and I'm very thankful for her and, and my dad, too. And that led to starting to write uh, little ditties. I started writing little tiny tunes that didn't really seem like they meant anything. And a lot of my parents thought I was wasting my time, and they would tell my teacher that, and they would say, you know, he's he's not sticking with the program. Should he quit and everything? And I'm glad they stuck with me and everything because I really wasn't wasting my time at all. I was actually, even though I wasn't uh, playing all the things that were in the program uh, that were supposed to, I was supposed to be doing, I was making up tunes, and which led to later writing more and more tunes. And I also was able to uh, very able to teach some to to students that uh, in music area and um, and show them what I've learned too. And as I got into college, I decided to major into music. I went to Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia uh, for a bachelor's degree and then went to University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana for music also. But um, And I kind of went around the country of the United States uh, for – lived in different states like, and then, then headed towards Nashville, which is Music City, USA. And I had a choice of living in Los Angeles and Nashville or maybe London or, or New York, but I chose Nashville. And uh, and I continued writing music, and I had my first hit, major hit, uh, with Engelbert Humperdinck and Gloria Gaynor, and that was in uh, 1987, and it went it went platinum. It was recorded ten times by different artists, including Gloria Gaynor, who I'm sure you've heard of Gloria Gaynor, audiences who did "I Will Survive." I didn't write that song, but but she's she's very famous for that too. But of many other songs, and um, so um, Engelbert Humperdinck is king of romance. He romance music he's uh, had he sold over like 150 million we're talking about million <laughs> unit uh <laughs> so i mean he's he's worldwide famous and so he recorded my song and uh just continued to write and i've had i've had sh- songs that have been in the top 10 charts and uh and i've also um had a have a no a song on the charts right now worldwide charts and i'm going to go ahead and say that announcement i'll go ahead and break the announcement here um, I have uh, a song called Cry Myself to Sleep. It was recorded by, uh, I wrote and uh, was recorded by a Nashville recording artist named Lucky Boy. That's L-U-C-K-I-E, Lucky Boy. Well, anyway, the song, um, 
has done quite well. And as of this speaking, as of we're speaking now, the song is at number one. That's number one wow. on, on the European charts as well as uh, also on the world charts. And it has remained number one for the second week in a row, which I'm just I'm just blown away. I can't believe it. You know, this happened to me because actually I've never had a number one song, never had a number one hit song. I've had top 10 songs and I've had platinum records and I've had Grammy and um, Dove uh, nominations for songs. But um, anyway, that's the breaking news I was going to say uh, is that the song wow. is. So uh, what did you do different on this song that is made to number one, Europe and the world, uh, like not like the other ones before? What did you do something different on this one? Well, that's a good question. I'm I'm trying to trying to think about what might have done differently. Maybe <laughs> it could be anywhere from the the song itself. It could be the production. It could be the singer. You know, it's a, it's a combination of different things that make a hit song. But um, uh, the song is a very honest song. In many cases, before the songs I'd written were maybe a little clever, a little too maybe didn't have as much honesty in this. This one is really sincere and honest, and it's based on a true story. I wrote, oh. and so I guess that could have an added ingredient to making it more believable and people feeling the emotion of the song and wanting to to listen to the song and request it. Wow. How did you go into coaching? Well, no, I mean, people came to me and were requesting, mm -hmm. asking me to, to, to coach them. And I've gotten, I get people that are like songwriters or some, and one in New York and then someone... Um, you know, in just different cities around the world, actually, and have come to me to ask me, you know, because now you can do it virtually and everything. And so <laughs> have asked me to coach them and help them to become hit songwriters themselves. And I, I don't know if it's possible to train somebody to be a hit songwriter. I would like to believe that is. I also think that there's a natural ability, a gift and talent that people have, too, you know, that, that play into it, too. But um, the other thing is that then I segued from writing where I still write songs, but I segued in 2012 to writing books too. So now I just consider myself a writer and maybe an educator, writer, educator, and performer, musical performer, musician, musician too. But um, the, the, one of my colleagues uh, would challenge me one day and just said, Hey, you know, you've been doing all these things for so many years. Why don't you just write a book about it or write some books? And so, they challenged me, so I did. I did that. I started writing some books, and I write write both nonfiction and fiction. And um, I have two books out right now at the same time, as also with a number one record. So it's it's really, I mean, number one song out. So it's it's pretty overwhelming, all of it at the same time. I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> but Where happened. did you get the time to do all that in one go? Well, people ask me that all the time. They ask me that. I guess uh, I feel like maybe my musicianship you know my training in schools and 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 upbringing and in music has has trained me to be very disciplined i believe that the case and so it's not the matter of how much time i have it's what i do with my time i feel like that um i try i value my time wisely and i try to make the most of the time you know try to try to live out the day it's fullest you know and um and uh, try to be more efficient with time. So I guess you would say maybe being more uh, keen with uh, time management. I would say that's what 
I would say that's where, and that, and I owe that to back to my mother because she started me in piano lessons. And so I believe that studying different instruments, I, I play seven instruments myself. Um, wow. Well, and I've learned them over the years, but, but you see what I'm saying is I think I still believe that it's, it's a discipline of the music. I believe that's helped me um, to succeed in, in writing as well as in writing music, as well as books and all the other things. Yeah. How do you write your books? You said you do non-fictional and fictional. So where do you get your ideas? What inspires you? Okay, I keep a I keep what we call a hook book, hook book. And I keep that on my on my tablet that I have, um, my Pro MacBook and um, and then what I do is I um, uh, when I hear a great, great idea here, I listen very keenly to people. I listen to conversations. I'm not spying on people. I just listen to people. <laughs> Uh, and I just start, I, I write things down as they come to me. Some of the ideas come to me in dreams. Like two of my books came to me in a dream. Like this new one that just came out, A Novel Life, came to me in a dream in 2017. I could see the entire book, uh, the entire movie, actually. It, it'll make a great movie, too, itself. But it's it's um, it all flowed out. It just hit me in, in a dream. I don't know. You've, if you've experienced or on some of your listeners have experienced dreams, but dreams are really, I think, are very valuable. I mean, they also teach us about ourselves, too. I know they're supposed to be recollection of the daily events and all that, but um, I remembered everything about it. And I started working on this on this book called A Novel Life, which is coming out. Actually, is already out now available. It's available in hardback and in uh, soft cover paperback and, and in, on Kindle, too, version. Um but um, it, it came to me, and I, I started the rough draft on it, just working on it. And then from there, um, I did many, many edits, you know. So I just wrote it all down, whether it was good or bad or what it was, you know, if it <laughs> if it even made sense. And then I, I did many edits, and I actually got to – I was honored to be um, offered a full scholarship by a New York Times bestseller. Uh, her name is Cherie Bennett, and I have to give a shout-out to her because she's – been very helpful in fact i sent her one of my books signed copies and told her thank thank you for all she did for me and um she accepted me into her workshop she has a workshop a live workshop uh, <laughs> and back in 2017 uh talented writers and everything and authors and uh she critiqued the book and helped me with the book to make it more polished and edited and so the editing process has probably gone through the, i probably edited it at least 10 times or more and uh, then um, I met in 2018, I was at a book festival called the Southern Festival of Books. And that's the largest, one of the largest books festivals. It has 100,000 people. And it's it, it was at Nashville, Tennessee, USA. And what happened was um, I ran into uh, one of the publishers that I was fond of, very fond of. And I met her and her books are just absolutely amazing i loved her books i also love her covers of her books front covers of her books and i told her so and asked her if i would be able to submit um, my uh a manuscript to her and i told her a little bit about it and she said yeah sure show uh, send it to me so i did send it to her and uh and then i i was offered a contract a traditional contract um all my books are traditional uh, published books um i guess uh i'm not sure of all you i'm sure most of your listeners know what that means, but traditional as versus self-published, there's nothing wrong with uh, self-published either. I mean, it's great. There's some people that are very successful with it, but I've always chosen the route of traditional. I have 
32 um, of my books published right now, and they're all traditional, meaning that um, I approached a publisher um, and the publisher offered me a contract, meaning they would pay for everything. I, I don't pay for anything. It's all done. They pay for marketing. They pay for advertising. They um, edit the book for free. They do everything, the artwork, um, the whole the whole nine yards. They put it all out. They give me free copies when it comes out, and uh, and they do the best to sell for me and everything. In other words, I don't have to uh, put up money. If I had to do it as a self-published deal, all my books there, I would have, have spent probably – probably a quarter million dollars to half a million dollars out of my pocket. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have the money. So I'm very, I'm very grateful to have been traditionally published. Wow. So what uh, advice would you give someone who wants to move into uh, writing books at this time of what is happening right now? Well, my advice would be to, to be very objective about your writing but always write every day. In other words, don't show it to your mom and dad or your family, you know, what they're going to say. You're going to say, that's nice. That's wonderful. But nice doesn't cut it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's nice to be nice to people. But, but what I'm saying is um, you have to show it to your manuscript to people that you can trust that would uh, give you honest feedback and constructive feedback. Maybe, um, Maybe they could join some writers groups. There's writers groups all over in every city in the in the whole world. And um, the writer groups are what I was a member of back in 2017, where people critique your manuscripts, your, your writing. Uh, I also say to write every single day as much as you can, even if it's just a, write a letter or write something in a journal. Just write something every day for you know, even if it's 10 minutes or five minutes or a page or anything, just, just write. Because as the more we write, that's going to teach us how to, how to be better writers and all that and authors. And then the other thing that I learned taking some courses, I took a course from John, James Patterson, who's one of the most prolific uh, in the world uh, authors. And I've taken from R.L. R. Stein and Stephen King, different, different you know, top um, authors. And um, James Patterson would always say that, you have to have read read at least a million words, one million words before you would even be considered to write something. You know, in other words, wow. read. So reading really helps to be a better writer too. So the more books you can read, the more things you can read, uh, you're going to be a better writer. You know what I'm saying? So, and then just write and write and write, and and it's going to get there. Uh, don't settle for anything. Don't settle for, well, okay, so I'm not published. Well, maybe, maybe I need, um, you know, nobody's going to, nobody's taking my, my work. Nobody's taking it. So maybe I should just try to Quick. find some money and pay somebody to do it. But that's hmm. not the way to go about it. You know, much. Wow. But I hear um, people get into DC uh, writing books for years and years, for like five years, 10 years. The books are not out yet. You're not earning any penny from this book. So how do you keep the passion going? How do you keep the passion? That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. First of all, I want to say it's not easy. It's never easy. I don't admit, I don't, I don't admit to it being easy. It's been a struggle. It's been hard for me. I mean, uh, my very first book, I mean, I probably sent out everywhere from New York to London, all over the world. And, and um, I got rejections. People will call those rejections and they do discourage you. You know, like, mm-hmm. I call it um, one step closer to success. So I at first had probably 
probably 50 or 60 rejections, but I keep, I'm just a person that's real determined and I just keep going. I'm very passionate. I would say to keep your passion would be to um, maybe start out something small instead of the books, big books, start out with a short story. Like I've, I've met some writers that start out with just a short story and submit it or a poem or something, submit it to a magazine and get it published. And that way on your way, because that helps, there's some very successful novelists that started that way with just a small, you know, short story or something like that and got published. Now, the other thing that'd be important to do is to continue to go to workshops, meet uh, well-known famous writers that have been successful, um, read lots about uh, how people became successful because a lot of people, authors didn't become successful at first. Um, I'm sure you know about Stephen King. You know that he struggled for years and years and uh, his very first book that was successful was Carrie. And it was, and what happened was he threw the manuscript away because he thought he was discouraged. Just like you say about being discouraged, you, you lose your passion and he threw it away and he just, he just wanted to give up on his writing and his, his, his wife uh, partner saw noticed uh, the manuscript and picked it up out of the out of the waste bat, bat, trash and started reading it. And she said, this is the best thing I've ever read. And she encouraged him and it became his, his huge hit. You know, it's like, so, I mean, it hit book, I mean, and a movie too. So, I mean, it doesn't, um, it is difficult. I, I agree with you. People have been writing for years and there's actually stories about people that have been, been writing for years that, um, you know, you know who the the famous Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss, you know, um, he wrote, he wrote, uh, I wrote, and he submitted um, a, a book called, um, he was ready to give up, by the way. He was ready to burn his manuscripts because he'd been trying so long. And it was called On Mulberry Street, I believe it's called. And um, he was going home because he was deep, deeply discouraged and he was going to set fire to um, his manuscripts and everything. And then he reached in the mailbox and found uh, in his mail, stack of mail, and found a contract um, offering him for his first book. So. Why do you do what you do? Passion. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, no passion. Wait a minute, I do make I do I do make some money, but it, even mm. if I never made any money, period, zero, it's still mm. passion. Yes, yes, I'm sure. I'm positive it's passion. It's it's um um you can ask any of my friends, you can you know, anybody, my family. Uh it's hard for me to turn it off. I mean it's hard sometimes to just cut it off. I love writing so much that it's almost like air air I breathe and food I eat and everything. It's 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 that passionate about it. It's um uh, kind of obsession. Obsession and passion is, is really what um makes me um excited. And of course, you know, inspiration. So I guess you could say the three things inspiration, passion and uh, passion which is drive and uh um and obsession. In fact people all the time people will email me or call me and say, how do you have so much passion? How do you keep staying with it? What's, what makes you tick? And they want to know, you know, so, <laughs> I mean. Wow. <laughs> okay, let's put the man aside because he said he, you can still write your books even if no money was involved. Okay. Sure. How do you know you are successful? How do I know successful? That's a good mm. question. Yeah. Well, you know, success comes in all different levels. And each person has success in their own right. I believe that's my opinion on that. I mean, success to one is different than success to another. I'm working on a book. I have a book that I just finished um, that I, it's about success. Just, I'm glad you mentioned that. 
And uh, I do mention that in the book about uh, it. Uh, there's all types of levels of success to one person. Something success might be uh, just getting up in the day and, and, and doing something or to another person, it might be a recording contract or a, um, or a book contract or something. But um, I, to me, success isn't always gauged by um, by the amount of money you make or by to me that isn't necessarily that um, it or or how many things you have accomp what you had in life or what you've accomplished and all those things mm-hmm. um, I think it's um, I think you set a goal and, and objectives in your life like I do and um, and then you uh, slowly but surely achieve those each goal and objective. Um, and it doesn't always happen in the time that you think it's going to happen. It might take longer or shorter. And to me, that's success. It's personal success. It's, uh, you, and the other thing is you can't compare. I don't compare myself to other people because I'm uniquely made. I'm, I'm, I'm myself. I'm not someone else. So, you know, I can, it's easy to look over and go, wow, that person over there is more successful than I am, or they have more things than I do, but that's not true at all. Uh, it's, uh, it's all in, it's all in perception and it's all relative. I believe success is all relative and, um, you can have from the tiniest, uh, successes, what seems like the tiniest success to one person might be a giant success to another person. So, uh, I think it's based on, uh, each person's personal goals and objectives uh, in their life. And it can be, we're talking about success in anything like from, um, you know, trying to lose weight or trying to, um, you know, finish a, finish a college degree or, uh, or get a certain kind of job or, or this and that, or, you know, it's, it's all, I think it's relative. I mean, that's what you asked me about. So that's my opinion, you know. Um, what have you learned from business as a whole? Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. First of all, in business, I've learned that if you team up with people and you collaborate with people as a team effort, you get a lot further along, farther along than you would with um, trying to do it all your own, going solo and making it super competitive where it's dog eat dog kind of thing, you know, but I found that my greatest successes came from um, networking. I think it's very important to network and I think to um, in business and to treat people fairly and treat people with integrity. Always be honest and be in with in, you know, show integrity with people and treat people the way you'd want to be treated too. And, and just treat people fairly. But, I've always found that if I teamed up with people, some of my biggest successes, greatest successes, in my own opinion, happen when I was teaming up, working with people together collaboratively. Um, and um, when we do that, everybody wins. I like the win-win situation where everybody wins, not just me that I win, but um, I'm helping other people. They're helping me. We're all helping each other together. And uh, that's what I guess that's my greatest thing I've learned about business as far as um how it works it's, it's relationships business is very important to have relationships and to be loyal loyalty is my number one thing to always be um you know if somebody has um 
you know, had my back and worked with me and uh, worked together and, and believed in me from the very beginning. I'm, why am I going to ditch them? I'm going to be loyal to them. I'm going to work with them, you know, and continue to work with them. What is one thing no one knows about you? Well, I, um, I do, uh, I have this really interesting um, hobby, very interesting hobby when I'm not writing or teaching or any of those things. My hobby is that um, I've had for a long, long time is I'm an amateur radio operator. I don't know if they call that a ham radio operator. I don't know if anybody, it's so outdated now because you can just pick up the cell phone <laughs> or you can, you can, you can stream or you can, you can talk to anybody anywhere in the world. You know, why do you have to have a radio? But it's kind of fun because I have, um, I have some wires hanging up over trees in my 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 house my residence and um i have this little um little um like radio that i that i talk to people and I have friends all over the world in australia and india and um you know just uh everywhere i mean just um wow. in europe you know and and so they don't even many of them don't even know that i'm <laughs> that i'm a that i'm a songwriter and um a writer author they just know me as just you know me as a person so i guess i would have to say most people don't know about that about my i mean probably would nobody would ever guess that that was something i would do as a as a hobby you know but wow okay i hope you upgrade it and just pick up the phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i was thinking i would i know because it's so it's so <laughs> well it's it's kind of a challenge though because the thing the reason it's a challenge is the radio because it's not always reliable, like a so well. I mean, technology, cell things are not, the phone aren't, aren't always reliable either, but more reliable yeah. than a radio. But I think I like the challenge. I like the challenge of okay. it, of being able to um, talk to somebody um, like on a radio, where it's not it's not through um, it's not online or anything like that. It's, okay. and 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 be able to, you know, have a conversation uh, with without. Um, you know, meaning that every day I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it. It's not, it's not very reliable, you know? So it's a challenge in being able to, to talk with limited means. Because I'm like wondering those wires hanging in the tree, <laughs> in the trees. And I'm like, if it is snowing, uh, when it is raining, uh, <laughs> then you can't use it. Well, that's the challenge, yes. But we do have a lot of sunny days too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can picture those wires hanging in the trees. They are, and uh, I live up on a hill, so it actually oh. helps me to help. You know, it's oh, like hilly, which is good because it helps the signal. So when I talk on a radio, um, there's something I, I don't know how familiar about the radio waves, but radio waves actually just travel straight up. And they hit the stratosphere of the earth. And then, then, then wherever they bounce back though, they, they make a, like a V shape or something like that. And they bounce back, return back to like, uh, you on somebody could be, uh, in Australia or, or New Zealand or could be in, um, uh, Tahiti or anywhere. And, um, and they pick up my signal and then they can, can you call in Africa on your radio? Yeah, I actually, actually have talked to people in, in South Africa. Yeah, Africa. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it sounds, but you asked me, you said you wanted to know what I do that 
people don't know. So that's yeah. Well, that is really yeah fascinating. Right. And I have a license too for it. You have to have a license for it. You just can't just do it. Oh. It's, uh, you have, yeah, you have to license to the government. So um, I have a have a license like call signs and license. So um, I had I had to study for that too. Like you have to take wow. a you have to take a written test and all that stuff to get it. So it's not that easy, but yet it is challenging. And you know, I I don't do it much. I don't do it as frequently anymore because I'm so involved. I in like I say the passion of of an obsession of writing. So I do a lot of writing, but every once in a while I'll I'll do that too. Okay, what is one thing that has contributed to your success? One thing that's contributed to my success? Yes. Hmm. Just one thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a hundred. We we want to know your best. Well, yeah, best. I do have a matter of fact. Early, I said was um, was 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 passion and drive. I think probably the biggest thing. But inspiration, you got to be inspired. So I'm a good listener. I, I listen to people, and um, sometimes people don't realize it. I mean, I'm not necessarily intentionally trying to do it, but when somebody talks about something, like for instance, here today we're talking. I mean, who knows? After we finish this podcast, I might. An idea might strike me and go, wow, that was pretty interesting. What she asked me about, about something people don't know about me. I mean, I could write a song about, you know, what people don't know about me, you know, and, and so, um, or the, um, something like that. So inspiration, passion, drive, I'd say probably the biggest, um, and of course, hard work. I mean, you gotta, gotta have hard work in there too, but, uh, and obsession, I guess those are sort of all kind of run together. I would say, um, I don't know that I could say one thing. I guess if it said one thing, it would be the love of it, a, a, a passion. You know. As you mentioned that we can come off Discord and you start drafting a book or doing a song. Uh, do you sometimes feel you can relate with the characters you write about? Yes, I do. I do. In fact, um, sometimes I get lost in it and pe- people are trying to um, talk to me. <laughs> And I'm here. I'm I'm lost in another world. It's it's really it's really crazy. I mean, I don't know if there's something wrong with me or not. But I mean, I'm just saying that I I, uh, I I don't know if it's normal or not. But all I know is that I I I get lost in the stories, and sometimes I feel like I know the characters really well. Like I can relate with them, and I'm there with them. Isn't that? I mean, that's pretty cool. But I mean, if I can feel that way, I'm sure that when people read my books, they would would probably feel that way too, you know. That way. So how do you switch off from your character to back to normality? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, because well, you said it's a crazy world out there. <laughs> yeah, well, with a, with, a, with a magic wand. No, I'm yes. just teasing. <laughs> so how do you come back to life? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very hard to. Sometimes people um, have to... Um, Nudge me and, <laughs> you know, say, hey, you know, shout at me or whatever. They have to come back. But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, um, well, I guess when I'm sometimes when I finished a chapter or finished a scene, you know, in, in, a, in a book, you know, something like that, that kind of breaks it up, you know, like the end of the end of us. I mean, I wouldn't wait for the whole book to be finished because I'd be, I'd be. I'd be lost in a world for like months, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but it's, it's funny how the mind works and everything. It's, 
really do. Um, it's a, it's a strange thing how you feel like you you actually know these people, these characters. That they're almost like they're just yeah, real. Yeah, they're my friends. Yeah, my friends, my make believe friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. There's a there's a there's a song idea right there. My make believe friends. <laughs> ah, that's the title. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Send me this, the song. I would be happy to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> In your businesses, do you have a mentor or a coach yourself? I believe in mentors. Um, there was a mentor. I have a few, but the it's very it's hard to find mentors, and mentors can be living or dead. You know, mm-hmm. um, not to talk to them or anything. I don't talk to the dead, but I'm just saying that that they 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 have inspired me over the years you know and one of my mentors uh, was back when i went to school in in new york it's called eastman school of music and um i just want to give tribute to him and shout out to him his name is uh was everett gates dr everett gates and he um he um is not living now but he was professor emeritus at the school and he was the one that actually encouraged me besides my mother of course he he encouraged me to get started in writing actually uh music rather and um, so he showed me some of his works he had published and it was amazing. Like he could just do about, he could do just about anything. I was in awe how much he could do, what he could do. And, and he, he still seemed like he had time left over for other things. And I, I was, so he kind of took me aside and showed me like he was a conductor of an orchestra. He played, um, he played viola in, a, in an orchestra they were talking about professional. He was a professor emerit, professor emeritus at school, um, and devoted a lot of time to his students. He wrote music that was published professionally. He performed. He got showed me how to perform jazz music and all kinds of things like that. And, and I just um, have always um, he's always been a mentor to me. Mentor me to me. And he wasn't just a teacher. You know, there's teachers. There's teachers, and then there's mentors. Long after I had left the school, he would stay in touch with me. And that was before wow. we had, that was before we had cell phones and internet, like email and texting. He would drop me a postcard or some a letter and wanted to know what I was doing and, and took interest in me. So he would, t- he took interest in his students and he influenced them. Can you imagine that? I mean, he he, he went way beyond being a teacher. So wow. that's I I have to give him credit as. One of my mentors. So what is the most valuable thing he told you? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you, glad you asked me that. That's, mm-hmm. There is something very – it's good wisdom I think your listeners could take from this. He always told me to find a void. Find a void and fill it, and you'll be successful. Find a void and fill it. And he showed me an example. He said, okay, so if you want to be – Publish either a book or you want to, or a song or whatever. He said, go check out the publisher's um, catalog, what they publish and what they offer. And so he said, don't give them what they already have. Give them what they don't have. I thought that was the most amazing wisdom that I ever heard. He said that when you give them something or write something for them that they don't have, they will take it. You're filling a void. And I, I've always uh, believed that. I've always believed um, uh, that. And also the other thing he taught, taught me was to create your own opportunities. Don't wait 
for people to come to you with opportunities or don't wait for that. Don't just, just go after and create your own opportunities. That's what he said. So I, if I could give any wisdom to, to the listeners, it would be, have to be fill, fill your void, fill a void and create your own opportunities. Wow. Let's talk about your book. Tell us more about it and how we can read this book and get everything out of it. Okay, sure. Well, um, it came to me in a dream. It's about a 17-year-old boy named Carlton, and he thinks he's written the book. He thinks he's written this book, his first book. He's been bullied, and he's, he, um, he's pulled out of school because he's been bullied terribly uh, through his last year of school. And so he, he's been pulled out of school, and he takes his time finishing up the book. And he's writing this – he's written this book about himself called A Novel Life. So um, he um, – uh, sends it around to uh, to many many publishers, and a publisher in New York called Sheldon House Publishers contacts him and offers him a deal he can't refuse: a large advance, uh, money wise, and also offers him a sixty uh, city book tour of the United States. And so he signs with a guy named Mr. Arnold Turnbull, Turnbull, who's the editor in chief of Sheldon House Publishers. Well, meanwhile, so. Um, Carlton prepares to tour the, tour the United States. He, he tours, and after he's in about – after um, he's in a city called Laramie, Wyoming, Laramie, Wyoming, out west in the United States, he, just, he starts to realize things are really weird happening to him, like everything that's happened to, to him up to that point. Um, he wrote about over a year ago. Can you believe it? So it's like a deja vu thing. It's really weird. It's like, and he realizes, well, maybe he's not really controlling his own actions. Maybe somebody else is. And he realizes that somebody else is controlling his own actions. He, he reunites with his love of his life. Uh, her name is Taylor. And um, he, he um, um, got to know his girlfriend in Chicago. He's from Chicago, Illinois. Okay, and then... Well, while he's in Wyoming, he discovers that uh, everything that he, like I say, everything that he um, has lived out in his life uh, up until now, like his touring and everything, he wrote about a year ago. Uh, it's uncanny. So, so he realizes that if that's all true, then the ending of his book is going to turn out to be very tragic, very, very tragic. And it's, you know, something bad's going to happen to his, girlf- his um, love of his life, Taylor. And he doesn't want that to happen. So he mm-hmm. begs everything way he can to the editor-in-chief of um, Sheldon House. He begs, uh, he begs him to um, – if he can ask him to re- – if he could rewrite the last chapter of the book and change it so it's a happy ending, not, not a tragic ending. And the, Mr. Turnbull um, uh, says, no, no way. It's already finished. It's a great book. It's selling. It's – you can't just go and change the ending of the book. So uh, after Mr. Turnbull refuses to help let him change the ending of the book, Carlton, Carlton has to take destiny in his own hands because he wants to save his girlfriend or his love of his life. He doesn't he doesn't want to know what to do. So um, that kind of leaves it right there. So you have to find out when you read it what, what happens next as far as whether um, you know the, the tragic ending happens or if it happens or or, or – um, Colton is able to save save the day um, and save the chapter and be, save his girlfriend, uh, and if he's able to rewrite the the book, which is called a novel life, wow. and 
and it's also called a novel life that I wrote too. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's a really, really neat. Um, it's got lots of twist in it and well, we, it's called a psychological thriller because it kind of really messes with your mind. I mean, you're going like, wow, is this really, um, like who's controlling this? What's, what's going on, you know? And so, uh, it, it will make a really great movie. In fact, last year I sold one of my movies, one of my books to, uh, for a major motion picture, uh, that's still waiting to come out because it's, um, you know, because of COVID-19 and everything. So. Wow. Congratulations. So who is this book for? <clears throat> oh, it's, it's called new, it's a new, new adult genre, meaning it's approximately, I mean, any age can read it, but it's recommended for like age 17 to probably age 30 or beyond. Mm-hmm. So 17 to 30, because YA books are called young adult books. They're usually a little younger books, like maybe um, 13, 12, 13 to maybe 17 or something like that. So, but I mean, any age group could read it. It's just that it's, um, it's geared towards a new, it's called the new, new adult genre, new adult genre. So. Wow. Where can we find this book and how can we connect with you? Well, I'd love to send you, I'd love to send you a copy of the book too. Yes. I'd um, love to read it. I would love to, I'd love to re- send it to you. And um, also uh, your listeners can, can get it on, uh, well, there's different ways you can get it. You can get it on, uh, of course, Amazon.com, uh, but you can also get it on BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it on uh, um, the website itself of the publisher, which is S, S like Southern, S, and then Y like yellow, and then P like pine. So it's yellow, Southern Yellow Pine Publishing is what it's called. So it's SYPPublishing.com. You can get it there. You can also go to my website, which is Thornton. With an N, it's an N in the middle, N like Nancy. So it's Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N, Klein, C-L-I-N-E, uh, dot com. There's diff- different places you can get it. And it's also, you know, in, in the bookstores too. And um, so it's uh, it's just been released. So it's, um, you know, I'm very, very excited about it. It's my number 32nd uh, book that's been published. Um, and um, my seventh novel, but my 32nd um book it's actually been published okay thank you for sharing so clan there will be more from thornton in a moment if you are listening on one of the many podcasting platform rather than my website and you're encouraged by thornton's journey go to online success journey.com for a bonus portion of the interview the online success journey is a wonderful membership community built for people searching for the path to success we are one big clan and you can be part of this community for free once you have joined the clan, click on part two of Tonton's journey or over 200 other journeys that are available and learn how you can find the right path for your own online success journey. That's a wrap, clan. Remember, success is a journey. Patience and Tonton. This is not the end of the journey. We hope you've enjoyed listening to part one and want to be sure you know there is a second part to this and every journey podcast at onlinesuccessjourney.com filled with even more success tips, uplifting stories, and even a bit of fun. There are dozens of episodes only available to the members of the Online Success Journey Clan. Check out the website and click on Join the Clan for more information. Patience would like to thank you for listening to this podcast, and she has a free audio gift for you at her website. Go to OnlineSuccessJourney.com for instant access to this gift. Of course, you know that listening to the journeys of others helps each of us chart our own path. 
so make sure you're subscribed to be notified as each new interview is posted. There are so many ways to stay connected to the online success journey and to listen in. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we appreciate your help in telling others. One of the best ways to share the benefit you get is to rate and review it at Stitcher and other sites by clicking the stars or completing the ratings form. By clicking thumbs up and leaving a comment on YouTube or liking and sharing the podcast on social media. To review the podcast within iTunes, simply open iTunes to the podcast, click on Ratings and Reviews, then write a review. On behalf of Patience and until next time, thanks once more for listening. It is our hope that this podcast will guide you on your own online success journey.